any good to us? You know, there's just nobody that can touch us like him. And when he comes by, we're very much aware that our lives are never the same. One service can make the difference in your life. Just one time. You can go for years and then all of a sudden you just realize he's there. And you're standing on holy ground and the angel of the Lord is there. These have been very special meetings and I'm sure tonight will be very special for someone. If we could just grasp the moment that we're standing in. We've heard some incredible thoughts already this morning as, as we realize that we're, we're not just looking to a vision, we're walking in it. There was a day where Abraham was fellowshipping with Isaac. Now, throughout eternity, God has looked for this moment for your coming home. We're under great anticipation of going home. But he's even greater anticipating having you there. At a table already prepared. And got a seat for you. Thousands of miles long. Won't it be wonderful? Amen. We have a sister from Norway here. Her sister, her name is Sister Anita Myers. And She has a sister that has a desperate need, a mental condition. I'd like to pray for her if I could. And before we go to the the word this afternoon, amen. If she is here, would you come? Amen. Amen, ministers. Amen. I'd like for this whole body to pray. There was a woman left her house and she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Yeah, for sure. If I can just get to him. You came a long way. There was a man named Jerry as he left his house. His daughter would die. But he went to the one that could minister. Now, Father, you see our dear sister just now. Lord, she's came a long way with great desperation. We send your word. Lord, Lord, I hear the prophet of God. He would say, I'm searching for the spirit, Father, to come back to the body. Now, Lord Jesus, I ask you now that you would send. Mental condition is just another spiritual condition. Satan's sickness that he would put on the body. Now, Father, at the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you, send your word to where she's at right now. Satan, turn her loose at the name of Jesus Christ. Not the name of a preacher. At the name of Jesus. 
Lord, a name that is above every name, a name that is above every power of Satan. In Jesus Christ's name, may our faith rise into another realm tonight for her. In your name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. 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 God bless you. Bless your journey. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Maybe you have a need tonight. And you'd just like to say, Lord, would you remember me? You know, there's sometimes you just don't hardly know what to say. You just grow. But Jesus knows how to touch our hearts. something about those kind of prayers. Heavenly Father, we sense the nearness of the angel of the Lord even now. What a wonderful God you are. One service, one moment in your presence. Our hearts echo to you. You know our most inner beings. You know how much we need your touch. You see our human frailty. you we can't do anything we're nothing without you but you are the one that makes us special you're the one that touches our hearts you're the one that can take the impossible and make it possible we've seen miracle after miracle after miracle no man can do that. Lord, as our hands have been lifted, our hearts are now given into your hands. Loved ones we place there, Lord. Lord, we don't want to leave them here. Touch them, send your word to them. May that world of the Holy Spirit that's brooding in this building now go to where they're at, Lord God. Soften their spirit, Lord Jesus. Maybe they're deep in sin, but God, you know how to break the cycle of that. I ask you now, Lord Jesus, touch their hearts. Minister to them now. Lord, as we are in our final hours of, of our going home, Lord, may every service count. 
may every song be special. Lord, may, may every time we walk through these doors, may we never take it for granted. Oh God, help us, Lord Jesus, to walk in a realm like Enoch walked. To where the more we walk with you, the less this world will mean. Help us today, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you. Amen and amen and amen and amen. 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 I certainly love you with all of our hearts. And I'm certainly honored to stand here again. And I don't take it for granted to stand here. I'm certainly honored to stand here. Satan did his best to keep me from standing here. But we're still standing. And no doubt many of you are fighting different battles. And and, uh, I want to thank you for your prayers. And uh, thank you for your continued love for us and our family. And God has provided for us a very incredible team around us to, to encourage us and strengthen us. And your prayers mean so much to us. And I apologize, first of all, that I couldn't get to shake all of your hands. But my body's pretty, my body's pretty, gets wore out. And so uh, the daily journey is, is pretty tough at times. So I want to, if you could do something for me, if you would just, just before we, read our scriptures, would you just look over at your neighbor, shake their hand and say, Brother Ron loves you. Amen. 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 And I mean that with all my heart. I mean that with all my heart. I hope in this world I have no enemies. Amen, because we don't need to throw no stones at each other. Life's hard enough as it is. And so, amen. And so we love you. Thank you for your prayers. And uh, we, 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 I have a wonderful nurse here with me. And she's been a great companion and, and uh, a great queen for me. And I thank her for that. Amen. I, I wouldn't want to trade my battle for what Brother Tim has had to go through. Amen. Losing his queen, but she she's waiting on him tonight in a brand new body. And we wouldn't want to call her back for all the money in the whole wide world. And and so we just we just are thankful for everything that he's done. I'd like to speak to you just for a little bit, if you if you don't mind. I'd like to speak to you on Satan underestimated you. Psalms chapter 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. I'd like for you to read that with me just now. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. You may be seated. I believe tonight that 
This has been on my heart for about three months as I would stand in this pulpit tonight that this would be my opening statement. I am walking out of this storm. A few years ago, I stood in this pulpit and preached a sermon called Take It Back. It was in October, and then from October to December, God would speak to me on December the 22nd and speak to me and said, if you will trust me, I will use you like never before. We'd seen phenomenal miracles happen in our lives and our ministry and preached in incredible places. Had an opportunity to speak in China, opportunity to speak in many places overseas, many conventions. God has allowed us to see phenomenal things happen. Maybe in my mind's eye, I was thinking that God was going to take our ministry to an even higher level. But sometimes God reminds us this, that he has confidence in us. That it allows battles to come our way. It's not confidence in our flesh or even in our spirit, but it's confidence in the seed. And if you remember, God had confidence in Job. Before that, that Satan could touch his body, Satan had walked before God. And he had talked with God and God spoke to him and, and in no way am I putting myself on the level of Job, but I just want to use it for a reference. Job, and he asked, God asked him, said, have you considered my servant Job? We know the story. And uh, many things happened to Job more than any of us in this building could even compare. God would come to Job and any situation, God would come to Job and when he came down and, and came to where Job was at, God didn't talk to Job about the difficulties of all of his trials. He didn't tell him about the losing of his children, losing of his wealth, losing of his health. He asked him a question, where was you? when I laid the foundations of the earth. And he began to describe what heaven was all alike. He began to describe how great that he was. Are you with me now? I believe that God knows exactly our situations. We are reminded in Psalms chapter 91 that the angels of God are encamped about us. So we must sometimes look back at the battles that we have went through. So if I would consider tonight and look back, I would like to remind our enemy. Have you forgot that I experienced the doctors telling me that I would never walk again after falling 40 feet? And I would be paralyzed the rest of my life. 
Have you forgotten that it was in a fire after being in a coma for weeks and weeks and, and they were going to harvest my organs? Have you forgotten that God woke us up and restored our minds and restored our bodies, restored the lungs? Have you forgotten all of these things that have happened? As a doctor would look over at us to, the other day, a new doctor in the, in the palliative care team, and she looked over, and I watched her reading our report, and I just asked her, I said, what are you reading? She said, I'm reading your report. She said, you don't look like your report. Your report says you're a very sick man. I want to take us back to a cave experience. Brother Branham says, now my mind is going back to around two years ago. When in the room that night that the angel of God came walking in there and said, you have been born in this world to take a, a gift of divine healing to the people. Many will not believe you. But now he's going to talk about me. Yet many will. If you'll be sincere and we'll get the people to believe, not even cancer shall stand before your prayer. Let me just let me just say this to you. Your condition. Cancer would be one of the greatest Goliaths of this day. But not even cancer is greater than our God. When we begin to think about God created his own enemy. The God that created the sun, the moon, and stars. That wrote the zodiacs in the heavens. God's first Bible in the heavens. God created it all. The other day we were in, we were in Saskatoon. Well, we was up a couple of hours above Saskatoon. We were looking for the northern lights. It was that night that they wouldn't show up. But we were looking at the stars. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know too much about stars. And, and, but anyway, Brother Timothy had an app on his, on his phone. And, and he, he just kind of pointed it up at certain stars and it would show the, the bear. Oh, yeah, I could see it then. <laughs> then it would show the Milky Way. Well, I could see it then. But just a couple of seconds before it, I, I, I couldn't see it. I, I was looking at the whole picture, but I, I couldn't figure out what it was like. But it's in meetings like this that God shows us. And you see yourself in the word and God knows exactly how to show you where you're at. Now he creates his own enemy. An infinite God creates an enemy that will fight like a winner 
knowing he's a loser. He will start in heaven. He will come to the earth. He will walk right into the Garden of Eden. He will will destroy the, the image of the Garden of Eden and he will begin to walk through the DNA of humanity because God chose a battlefield and it would be in the mind of humanity is where they would fight two opposing spirits fighting one another. But I want to remind the devil tonight, we're on God's side. Two opposing spirits. I know this is elementary. Love and hate. Both of them are incredible powerful. Our world is filled with hate. Our world is filled with jealousy and envy. But there's a God of love that is greater than all the hate in the entire world. Faith and doubt are complete opposites. Positive and negative are complete opposites. If you want to live a positive life, speak positive things. Light and darkness are complete opposites. The scriptures would tell us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against the rulers of darkness of this world and against wickedness in high place. Brother Branham would remind us that we are in a contest. I think it's interesting that our prophet of this age would be a boxer as a young man. He would be an undefeated boxer. He would be a a, a very lightweight man with a quick hand, with a quick eyes that would stand and battle men. Yet there would be one man, uh, six seconds, that would, that would hit him so hard it felt like it would take the life out of him. And he would teach him about being able to take the punch. We realize that a contest is a, is a test of strength. It's a test of will. It's a test of fortitude. We must realize that tonight that there is nothing as great as the power that God put on the inside of you. You must realize tonight that you're not trusting in your humanity. Yet we listen to our humanity and our feelings, our memory, our conscience. We listen to our imaginations. We listen to all of those things in our life and sometimes let that guide us. But if we could listen to the word of God and see what the word of God said about us. Let me just say, even in my battle, retreating and quitting is not even an option. I'd like to say this to you. Maybe you're on the fence somewhere or another. And you're saying, well, Brother Ron, I just feel like quitting. What are you going to go back to? Okay, where are you going to go back to? 
a messenger that is out there that had a greater ministry than William Branham. Tell me a greater life than what you see. You've heard some of the greatest singers in the entire world standing on this stage. God has provided the very best. You are surrounded by the greatest people in the entire world. But if the enemy could, he would divide you. He'll tell you he don't, that God don't love you. The people sitting beside of you don't love you. Because he gets in your mind, but you must not listen to him. Somebody's got something against you. Brother Branham said it. Even in a spot, that boxer, even in that spot when he'd lost his wife and now his baby's done, the devil began to whisper in his ear. And just when he was getting ready to give up, his humanity felt like giving up. Something rose up on the inside of him. I want to report to you regardless of what your circumstances is, nothing is impossible to our God. Nothing, 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 nothing. The scripture says fear not. Fear is real. It's mentioned 600 times in your Bible. So fear is very real. But Jesus would remind Jairus, fear not. The angel would remind the brother Branham, fear not. I want to remind you to not fear not. As the darkness gets darker and darker, fear not. Jesus is in us. We're the final runners. Sorry I'm going slow, but I, I, I want to drive these points home. We are the final runners. All of those beyond that's winning the grave that did their best, they didn't die in defeat. They died in victory. Karen Pruitt did not die in defeat. She died in faith and in victory. She stepped from this dimension to a brand new body, and she's dancing and rejoicing. We are the final runners. God's got confidence in the seed that he placed on the inside of you. And we refuse to give up. We're mighty in battle. We would be like Daniel standing in front of a a den getting ready to step in. Moses with two million people standing in the Red Sea. Shamgar with a six-foot stick in his hand. David with a rock. It looks like Satan gets the odds on you. But he underestimated you. I want to give you some reasons why Satan underestimates you. 
because he's defeated most of your family DNA. And sin has passed all along. And, and there's been drugs and prostitutes and all different kinds in your family. They were lost. They were just flesh going through life. Their books were written and their graves came on the scene. But God rich in mercy. God rich in mercy. He came looking after you. You wasn't looking after God. But God came looking after you. He called you before the foundation of the world so he knew when you would be born. He knew when you would arrive. And regardless of the DNA that was stacked against you in your life and in your fleshly humanity, no wonder Satan underestimated you. But God... But God ignited an eternal seed that cannot be defeated. Brother Branham said the right mental attitude toward any divine promise of God will bring it to pass. Healing is in your body. says and you know your enemy and you train for the contest and you're going to have when you meet him you know your enemy and you train for the contest that you're going to have when you meet him because you're going to have to meet him and you know you know his you know what his strength is. And you train for this contest when you do meet him. For it's one thing for sure, you're gonna meet him. And so you train for the contest. Now training for a contest is just like a boxer. His enemy that he's going to meet out there in a contest to fight, a real good fighter usually knows and studies his opponent. His, his studies his licks, knows where he fight, where he fights for, whether he leans forward or hangs back or fights right or handed or left-handed. He studies all of this. And then if he's good and smart fighter, he gets, he gets a sparring partner that'll fight just like his opponent fights. For he'll know all the licks when he gets to the place. And I think that's very good for Christians to do. And now, if you want to start training, start at John chapter 3 and verse 16. The golden rule, start out right with that and you'll, and you'll get on the floor. And then train for, for, the, for the knockout punches because you're going to have to use them. Listen, it's not just for the preachers to do. Every one of us has got to fight. This ain't Hollywood. You gotta fight. 
Oh, but Brother Ron, I've been knocked down and bruised and beaten and I've been went through a whole lot of things and I've been in sin and out of sin and I've just... Get up! You get knocked down, get back up! Muhammad Ali would whisper in his opponent's ears, is that all you got? After they'd exhausted themselves, is that all you got? Is that the best punch that you got? Are you wore out yet? You're gonna lay on the floor in just a few minutes. Let's give these people a good show. Satan would have done got you. He would have done destroyed you if he could, but you're still standing. Why don't you tell him, is that all you got? if he'd have took it. Sin would have consumed you if he could have. But it's going to take a stronger wind than this. Brother Isaiah, you and your wife, please stare. Satan thought he had them. He thought he had them. Their life was a mess just a few years ago. But in a meeting, in a meeting, you didn't know what was going on, but in a meeting, Two omnipotence was meeting. It wasn't you looking for God, but God came looking for you. His wife last night was, she came to this meeting looking for the supernatural and she was standing in the meeting last night. And as she was standing, that was last night, the night before, night before, she was standing there and she felt a hand on her shoulder. And she came to realize nobody was touching her. I tell you, the master knows how to touch our lives. One touch, one touch will change your life. Now, the critic says that the boy in Finland didn't happen quite like it did. So I want to go ahead since the boxing match is on. 
Satan, you underestimated us. We were flying into Monroe. And I'm, I have the note that I have right here about Brother Guido telling me about the meeting after the boy in Finland. And so I'm listening to Brother Biscoe preach. I don't remember when. But anyway, he's preaching, and right in the middle he stops. And he tells the story about a sister goes to a nursing home and she meets somebody there that she knew as a child and they begin to talk about, about their lives and begin to catch on, catch up for a bit. And then after a while it becomes spiritual and they begin to talk about where they fellowship at. And the one says, well, I, I go to a Pentecostal church and and the sister says, well, I, I, I fellowship around the message of William Branham. And said, you, have you ever heard of him? She said, well, in kind of an odd way, my husband is the one that drove the car. That hit the little boy. And he witnessed the whole miracle. Now, I, Andrew's sitting beside it for me, and, I, and I, I'm, I know I've got this note that I'm getting ready to talk about. And I tell Andrew, I tell Andrew what Brother Biscoe has told about the story. I said, if we need confirmation on it, if we need confirmation on it, here is a confirmation. And I turned to Connie and I, I began to tell her. She's sitting on this side of me. And I, and, I, and I tell her what I've just heard. And she said, listen to what I'm listening to right now. And Brother Branham is telling the story about the little boy. Brother Guido, on one of his last trips with us, he told me he went to the place where all of that took place at. And you can help me if I get this wrong. Went to the place where all of that took place at. At the next meeting, people had heard about the miracle that took place. And there was, there was 12 rows of cots and wheelchairs there. And when Brother Branham walks in the building, he hasn't said a word. When he walks in the building... All of those cots and wheelchairs just empty. <clears throat> now, Brother Branham said, said this. He says, all right, quit fighting. He said, how do you feel, Brother Branham, when you stand there and see the people coming in different languages and things? Are you afraid? 
No, no, sir. No, sir. He said, so, he said, never been failed afraid yet. Because he told me so. And I believe it's the truth. Are you with me now? If he told me tonight to go to the presidential graveyard and raise up George Washington, tomorrow morning, I'd invite the world. Come on. Are you with me now? Brother Ram would say, if I've not told you the truth, may God strike me dead. Satan was opposing him, but he couldn't do it. Jesus said himself, if I do not the works of my father, then believe me not. If I claim to have an anointing and do not the works of my father, because I am anointed by him and with him, it's not me that doeth the works. The father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. And if I do not them works, then don't believe me. But if I do them, believe them. Now that was for the Messiah. For Messiah, it's the church. Are you ready? John 14, 12. Jesus said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. So why should we not believe that these signs shall follow them that believe? In my name they'll cast out devils. In my name they'll speak with new tongues. They'll shout, they'll dance. Brother Ann said the modern church don't want any of them screaming, shouting, Acts 238 youngins around her, whooping. I'm afraid a lot of modern message churches don't want Holy Ghost filled preachers. Hallelujah! But that's the kind that shakes the devil. You get your child full of the Holy Ghost, you won't have to worry about drugs, pornography, alcohol, the wrong kind of friends. But if you get them full of the Holy Ghost, they'll shake the house of hell. Why should we be scared of that? God said, I am the Lord thy God who healeth all thy diseases. Now, let me just say this to you. There's a lot of people that can talk about a fight that ain't never been in one. There's a lot of people that are self-made champions and ain't never got a scratch. They're like lieutenants that just come out of school. 
that think that they can command men and they ain't never saw bullets flying and, and, and a fire going on. But we got some people in this building that are battle tested for the word. They are built for Laodicea conditions. They will overcome. Will overcome. They know how to pray because prayer is like an atomic weapon against the devil. Jesus said, If a house be divided against itself, if Satan cast out Satan, then his kingdom is divided. Don't underestimate the devil. He's too smart. Satan ain't going to cast himself out. He's got you confused. Satan can't cast out Satan. Me cast myself out? Why, I know better than that. Notice, don't you underestimate Jesus Christ. He's the power above all powers. He's the power above all powers. I want to say it to all the realms of hell can hear it. Jesus Christ is the power above all powers. Don't be afraid of Satan. As long as you're in him. But if you're not in him, you better tremble. But if you're in him, not even death itself can harm you. You're free from all fear. When I think about that, I want to shout, hallelujah. So I stand here tonight, regardless of the conditions and regardless of what doctors say and regardless of the battles and regardless of the chemo that I have to take every day. I am not afraid. I will not run and I will not quit. Now I want to talk to you about your battle. If I can stand here and preach the word under this anointing and under this condition, how about you in your situation? Let's stand and fight like never before. Let's finish this. The scriptures in Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19 said, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, or shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He hath not beheld the iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of the king is among them. What's going on in their churches? What's going on in the move right now? This is what we preached about for decades, and now it's happening. for granted. This will push us right into a rapture, into a body change. Don't be against the move of God. This is what's going to transform your body. Come on. Brother Brown says, now, God always has got somebody 
that's not scared. Way back on the backside of a desert, herding his pappy's sheep was a little old ruddy, stoop-shouldered boy that knowed something about God. He wasn't a trained fighter, but when he heard that giant make that expression, he said, do you mean to tell me that you'll stand here and let that uncircumcised Philistine defy the armies of the living God? If you all are scared, let me. Let me. If you are a bunch of chicken-hearted preachers, let me go fight it. Sometimes we're looking for things that are already among us. John, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. Beloved, now. I don't know how it was in your school, but now means now. Look at your neighbor and say, now means now. Look at your other neighbor and say, now means now. That don't mean Wednesday night. That don't mean two weeks from now. That don't mean next year. Now means now. You are sons of God. You are daughters of God. You stepped out of eternity into a space of time. He knew when you would be born. He knew your situations of your life. And he put you here for a purpose. When your purpose is done, he'll take you home. But while you're here, you got a job to do. It ain't lay on your couch and feel sorry for yourself and give excuses. It ain't to have a pity party the rest of your life. It's fight. Fight with everything that's in you. Fight for your family. Fight for your home. Fight for your healing. Fight for victory. It's worth fighting for. In the next chapter, ye are of God. That means that's where your origin came from. So many times, we as humanity want to trace our natural DNA. And in our natural DNA, we want it to be royalty. We want it to be a part of the Adams Presidential Library. And we found out we were slaves. Sorry. But that really went for all of you guys. I just happened to pick on Joe. That went for all of y'all. You thought you were special? Just trace your DNA a little bit, baby. 
Just trace her just a little bit. There's going to be some things laying in there you ain't going to want to see. There's a lot of nonsense in there. There's a lot of illegitimacy in there. There's a lot of stuff in there that you ain't going to want to see. But there's only one thing that can clean all that up. Books of sin was already on your life when you was a little bitty baby. But God knowed how to clear the deed. He knowed how to clear the deed of that life. No wonder Satan underestimated your life. You begin to grow up. And as you begin to grow up, you went to school and you learned words in French that you shouldn't say. Your mom and daddy, Christian people, never said them words. But you went to school and you said words. You come home and said words. It don't work here. We don't say them kind of words. Who taught you to steal? Extra cookie. Who taught you to have jealousy? Who taught you to lust? You get up a little older and You don't have a new birth and you look in the mirror. And go, I need to look like Marilyn Monroe. News bulletin, she wore a size 16. Point you to where lives are disasters. Soap operas will point you to where lives are disasters. Some of your friends that have been around you in their lives, they have been disasters in their lives. What what made you different? You came from God. I'm going somewhere here. I'm going somewhere here. And just like the negative and positive poles, God sent his great magnet over your way and you could not resist it. He sent it over your friends and they didn't want nothing to do with it. He sent it over your enemies and they didn't want nothing to do with it. But God brought you to church and you had a lot of stuff on your life and the power of the word began to clean up your life and he cleans you and today you're not even the same person you used to be.
People go to Alcoholics Anonymous and they will stay clean for a little while because the power of a vow is powerful, but it won't hold you. The power of a vow will not hold you. You you can say it over and over and over and over and over and over again, but along comes an enticing spirit. And it can be a lot of different things that come to entice you because he'll just keep throwing bait. I'm not a fisherman, but but he'll, I hang around one that's really good, but, but, but you know, you just keep throwing bait that they'll finally bite. And so Satan will keep throwing bait. And if he can get you to look like he did Nellie Sanders, she just stopped. And before long, she was dancing. If he can just get you to stop and look at the wrong sight or to hear the wrong music. If there's no anchor in your heart, you'll fall over and over again. But I'm gonna say this to you, I don't care who you are in this building. If you fell in 52 times, there is a power of the blood that can raise you up. Maybe up to this night, Satan has written a lot of things in your book. But after tonight, let the blood of Jesus Christ wipe it completely clean. Is this all right? I felt led to preach this, so here we are. Let me just say, Satan will talk to you into robbing the bank, and then he'll call the law. You can be seated. Incredible. An enemy that was built to oppose God now becomes our opposer. When he's got an entire world, think about this for a minute. Other people have calamities. Other people have discouragements. Other people fall. Other people have car wrecks. Other people have AK-47s pulled out on them and are killed. I came to this point the other day in another service in our church. Two of our kids was driving down the road and three guys in masks rolled up beside of them. At the same time I was saying this. And they rolled up with an AK-47 pointed out after them. And God spared their lives. There's a difference between you and everybody else. 
Brother Brown would say this, who has the most power before God? An angel? An angel's a servant. Is that right? They're his servants. What are you? Now I'm saying this, I'm going slow because I want you to catch it. His son and daughter who has the most power in heaven then. A sinner that's been saved by grace or an archangel that's standing by his right side. Brother Branham answers his own question. The sinner that's been saved by, by grace has more authority in heaven than the archangel that has stood by his side without sin. Because he's a son, a son has more authority. Now, I feel like we're just before the coming of the Lord, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna step out on the edge here just for a bit. Sister Debbie, would you would you stand? Sister Debbie shared something with us, and I, I'm going to tell it because it's too, it's too good not to tell. She's not given to these kinds of things. To don't think you've ever seen anything quite like that. Who was preaching there? Okay. Not because of me, but she saw through that door, the angel of the Lord step through that door, not open it, But she saw the angel of the Lord step through the door and come out here. Isn't that right? Amen. Thank you. A couple years ago we were here, Brother Wayne, and we witnessed the angel of the Lord stand right there. Isn't that right? That's right. And he was standing there, and he was standing there with his arms like this right here. And he had his hand, and then he put his hand right here. Brother Josh was preaching. Isn't that correct? And Brother Josh was preaching as he was standing there, and he had his hands like this, and he put his hand like that. And when I saw him put his hand like that, I don't care if you don't believe me, it's all right. put his hand like that. Brother Josh is all over the stage. He had had a lot more energy than I do. I kind of have to conserve a bit. But anyway, he's running all over the stage. You know this to be the truth because he saw it as well. And Brother Josh would come over and put his hand on it. And then he'd take charge in the cross. And he'd come over and put his hand on it. And he'd go charge in the cross. Come over and put his hand on that. At our Labor Day meetings on Saturday night, Brother Tim Pruitt walks to the pulpit and he speaks on entertaining angels. Because they're here to finish the work. Two worlds are coming together, blending together. 
after he finished. And to me, it was, listen, I, I, I've been around my buddy a long time now. I thought it was the greatest sermon he ever preached. Go listen to it. Go listen to it. It's, it's fine. Well, you're lifting humanity. No, I'm lifting the gift that's in humanity. And for those that are in this community that's missing the gift, they're missing out. Listen, I'm way too late in the game. I, I'm not fooling around. I, I'm not planning on being in the tribulation period. If you are, build a bomb shelter. Turn all your money into gold. Get yourself a food supply because that's what you're going to need for tribulation period. And you're going to need faith to get yourself through it. But for me, I'm planning on the moment in the twinkle of an eye. This body is going to be changed. When Brother Tim finished, Sister Lydia, she here. Could you stand? Begin to speak in tongues. She began to speak in tongues. Brother Andrew began to interpret. Because this is what the prophecy said would happen in this age. Now I know I'm I know I'm making the devil real nervous right now. When those when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and he began to scream out to those people, these are not drunken as you suppose. But this is that that was, that was spoken by the prophet Joel. The prophecy has intersected with time. And now is in flesh what you are witnessing. God is not just with us, but God now is in us. We have become the tabernacle of God. He's not looking for a building. He's looking for a body that he can live in. So so what you're witnessing is this is that. The final voice to the final age. This is that that was, was prophesied. Bone of his bone, life of his life, power of his power, spirit of his spirit. This is the very breath of God. This is more than Tim Pruitt. This is more than Ron Spencer. This is more than Joshua Von Brunt. This is more than Johnny. This is God taking human flesh.
What about you? Here's a man that built a table for Brother, Brother Tim Pruitt. Could you stack? It's all right. He's had a heart condition. He's not just had a heart condition, but he's had a leak in his aorta valve. Isn't that correct? Yeah. God dropped this in my heart. You did a, you did a, you gave a servant of the Lord a blessing. And now God is going to do a heart operation. to speak it. Not stand there and wrestle with our humanity, but speak the word and believe the word. Why don't you speak to your troubles right now? like I'm exploding up here because I know where we're going. Now listen to Brother Branham as he prays. And as I read this, probably nobody else drinks Coke in the pulpit, but you know, I, Brother Ron, aren't you breaking order? I broke a lot of orders in my life. But Brother Brandon says we have a right to enforce. If you don't enforce, who will? If you don't enforce, who will, who will do the job? Who will do the job if you don't enforce it? Brother Tim Pruitt walked into your room, Brother Stinky, mad at the devil. I learned a long time ago, don't call Tim Pruitt if you want to live a long time. If you're dying and they're giving up and they're going to harvest your organ, don't call him. You'll be standing here 15 years later preaching. You were dying. You know you were dying. But he walked into your room. He called me before he left the parking lot and said, pray with me. I lived 17 hours and I prayed with with Brother Tim agreeing because prayer is not to some priest. Prayer is to God and we have a God-given right. The power 
of life and death is on the inside of our tongue. And we have a power of the word to enforce our rights on Satan and say, give him back. Give him back. Satan, you can't have his life. You give him back in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, maybe you have been enslaved to sin. And I'm going here. Pornography? Is a demon that is so private... That only you and that devil fellowship. Yet it's so destructive. It will steal your victory. I'm preaching to you because I know it. It's not just for boys. It's for girls as well. You live in a society that pornography prevails. He wants to destroy your future husband and wife relationship. He wants to destroy your morals. He wants to destroy your confidence. And every time you think you get a little victory... Satan will pull the chain. You know, sometimes we get ball and chain religion. And you know, most time for a prisoner, they only got a chain so long. In the olden days, they had a chain that would be about 15 feet so you could work. And you go out to the end of your chain and it would pull. It would pull. It would pull. Because they had a ball that only that you would have to carry, but you couldn't carry it far. And there's sometimes you can come to church and you can go so far. And all of a sudden you get pulled. Knowing there's a ball back there. Last night was a prayer line. Tonight's going to be deliverance night. Now here's what Satan does to you. He'll let you go and then all of a sudden he'll start whispering in your ear. I'm going to tell somebody. I'm going to tell somebody. Somebody going to find out on you. And then you feel so stinking rotten. And he just holds you. And he holds you. And he holds you. I'm going into a dark pit right now to help you. I'm sorry, I'm not preaching on third pull right now, but I'm going. The third pull is in action. It's actually an action. Because I'm walking in your cave. 
I'm walking in your pit. Cause in the morning I'm gonna come out. There may be some lines in your pit, but tomorrow morning I'm gonna come out. Yours may not be pornography. Yours might be a lot of different things, but I want to tell you tonight, he's in the building. And listen, after tonight, you can tell the devil, you tell who you want to, but Jesus set me free. And I'm so glad that Jesus set me free. I'm so glad that Jesus liberated me. Watch him pray. Satan, you can't hold them no more. They're God's children right now. And I'm bringing that before you. You have to take your hands off of their life. They belong to God now. I claim them for you. I claim them as trophies of Christ's love at Calvary. I challenge you to a debate. You don't have any legal power. You have no power over them. You didn't have it in the first place. You was only bluffing them. You was only bluffing. Christ stripped you out of everything that you had at Calvary and he stripped every power that you ever had. You're nothing but a bluff. And we're calling your bluff. <laughs> Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. coming to an end. Paul would write this from a prison. You know this is my favorite scriptures. And we know that all things, say it with me, all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, if there's anything to anybody that I could, I would want to hear this tonight, I'd like for the devil to listen up. Put your hearing aids in, Satan. I want you to listen just for the next couple of minutes. For whom he did foreknow, that's me. I want you to go ahead and go, that's me. That's me, that's me. That's me, that's me. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And remember what justification is? It is as though you never did it in the first place. 
I don't care what your book says, Isaiah. It's as though you never did it in the first place. Just tell the devil, go back to hell. Just tell him, go back to hell where it came from. I am a son of God. I am forgiven. I am a son of God. I am his son. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. And what shall we say to these things? Satan, you underestimated me. Go ahead, say it. Satan, you underestimated me. It is the number one rule for an opponent to underestimate you. Number one. Go ahead and put your finger out there. Satan, you broke the number one rule. You underestimated me. Is it 450 people here tonight? I want you to read it with me. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? Say, say that to your neighbor. Sometimes you get the picture wrong. You got Goliath as a great big man and David as a little bitty boy. But actually, the picture was upside down. Because there was a great big God on the inside of a little bitty boy that was way bigger than a little great big Goliath. It ain't you that's going to whip the devil. It's the God that's on the inside of you. Take that devil. <laughs> Brother Derek, before I walked out of here, a voice whispered into my ear, said, tonight might be your last night preaching here ever. I said, well, devil, I'm going to whip you tonight. Musicians come, I want to read you one more quote while you're standing. Brother Branham said that I'm so glad that a man can so completely serve God. <laughs> this is almost unfair. <laughs> Tell the devil don't know what to do with him. I'm going to read it slow so you can repeat it to your neighbor. And I want you to say it loud enough that you hear it yourself. I'm so glad 
that a man can so completely serve God. Tell the devil, don't know what to do with him. walked out of a building one night and he'd preached future home. He looked at his son and he said, Billy, did you get it? He said, yeah, I did. He said, Billy, did you get it? Yeah, I did. And he said, Billy, did you get it? He said, no, I did. I'm going to ask you something. I'm not Brother Branham, but did you just get it? Let's not have this meeting and you travel thousands of miles. Let's not just come and clap our hands and have music. But did you get it? (laughs) Hallelujah. I feel so good I could run. I particularly don't know what those cancer cells are going to do, but in a few days, I'm going to have red hair. Probably going to weigh about 150 pounds, and I'm going to run all over heaven. One more thing, Satan can touch your flesh and he can touch your spirit. But God put the seed of God on the inside of you where Satan couldn't get to. Just a moment. And you could just, just to be real honest just now. Because remember at the very beginning of this service, I said tonight could be the difference in your entire life. And you, maybe you'd like to say, Brother Ron, I've been struggling with very secretive things. And I just need to raise my hand before God. And say, God, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help with this. Wow. I need your help. I just need, I want to be honest. I need your help. You can live a victorious life. You don't have to be a slave. I want to tell you, there's, I got some really good news. You can walk out of this building tonight. And lay your excuses down 
This meeting is tremendous when it becomes you and God. It's more than just your neighbors and one another, but it's you and God right now in this moment. Amen. Maybe by an exercise, and nobody looking around, maybe by an exercise of just stepping out from where you're at, walking in this way. And you just like say, I want to lay some things at the altar that only I and God know about. And I just want to lay it here. I don't want to leave it here. I want to leave it here. That don't de-Christianize none of us because we're all in a battle. We're all in a battle. I'm not here to stir you up or make you feel bad. I want to tell you there's help here for you. Never think that we're trying to beat you. We're trying to help you. We're trying to tell you Jesus is here for you. He wants to help you. He didn't go to the woman at the well and make her feel bad. He he brought her life. Hallelujah. He didn't go to the tomb of Legion and give him a bunch of what it caused him to be there. But in a few moments... He was a completely different man and he went home to live a different life. I, I don't know what you've dealt with in your last little bit, but God would lay it on my heart to speak this on Saturday evening. To tell you that Satan don't have enough to keep you. And his ball and chain don't have to hold you forever. Because God's got the key to the door. And he knows how to take and empty all of that out and fill you with the Holy Spirit. That you can live a private overcoming life and become a lighthouse where you're at to your community, to your family, to your neighborhood. To release power in your prayer life. And when you come to church, you're a complete different person. Amen. Heavenly Father, we feel the presence of the Lord all through this meeting. But especially right now. Satan underestimates the power of God. He underestimates the blood of Jesus Christ. So he tries to continue to hold on to real bona fide Christians. Warring with them. Maybe because he's only got a short time to work. But Father, you're a God rich in mercy. And your mercy endure forever. Lord, we don't have to be prisoners or slaves. Maybe we've driven thousands of miles. We come to a meeting like this. And it's you that changes our life. Even before we stepped out of the pew, it was you that was dealing with us. But we know it's us and you. Now, Lord, if we were sitting at the table with you and you looked across the table and could read our whole heart and begin to talk to us, no doubt you wouldn't do it in a condemning spirit. But there would be something in your voice that would change our life. 
Lord Jesus, we have become aware that the angels of the Lord are in the building. You've allowed us to be made known that that angels have come and the pillar of fire has been seen in this meeting. But Lord, you also want to make us aware that we're your children. And we have more authority than an angel in heaven. Now we came from you and that was our origin. And we're going to go back. And you placed us here for a purpose to overcome. Maybe it's as a father to rededicate our life. To be a real daddy. Maybe Satan's robbed us of our time. Robbed us of our time with our wife and robbed us of our time with our children. Maybe it's a mama that's got her eyes on a lot of different things in life. and Satan has robbed her of her victory. Maybe even a revival of prayer life in that home. I believe you're the God that can take a meeting like this. And a home can be rededicated. I believe that revival fires can start again in in hearts of believers. Not that we've done any great sin, but just got a little cool in our life. Maybe words have been said that's caused hardship even to our own humanity. Father, if we could have the zeal of this hour to repent, to repent of our pride, repent of our own arrogance, And say, Lord, come and soften my heart. Cleanse my spirit. Renew my mind tonight, Father. Maybe we've lost our joy. We've lost the joy of our salvation. David would say, create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. We danced this morning. We worshiped the Lord through this meeting. But Lord, you're mindful that you don't want one person to go back in the same old habits and the same life of a backslidden condition. You would take the time in a meeting like this to go after one of your children. You'd leave 90 and 9 to go get one. So Lord, go to the cave or the den. Lord, it makes us love you so much more. Maybe sickness is battled. Battled to word to word that feels like giving up. Doctors have asked me, are you, are you ready to give up? My repetitive story is I'll never give up. Lord, may we have that not only as a, in our natural life, may we have that in our supernatural life. We'll never give up. We'll never turn back. We'll never retreat. But we'll constantly fight. Oh, Lord Jesus. Ministers standing all across this building from Belgium, Dallas, Ohio, Virginia. 
Lord, we're standing here tonight, Lord Jesus. Lord, renew our church like never before. Lord, don't let us miss nothing that's going on. Let us be sensitive to the Spirit of the Lord. May our eyes be keen. May our hearts be clear. Lord, reveal to us, Lord, exactly what we have need of. Lord, may we not miss a line. May we be exactly as the orchestra would play. May our timing be perfect. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Amen and amen. Maybe wherever you're standing now, could you just lay your hand over on your neighbor? Hallelujah. 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 Won't you pray for them? You're not alone in this battle. There's parents here that's got children that's gone the wrong direction. I want to say this to you. God ain't forgotten. Young man walked through this prayer line last night. Sins wrecked his life. But I want to tell you about 40 years ago I was in your condition. You don't have to stay that way no more. May this meeting change your life. Won't you just call for your prodigals right now? Come home. Maybe you've wasted a lot of time in your life. Won't you say, Father, I don't want to waste another day. I've got myself turned around in a lot of different directions, but I don't want to waste another day. Rekindle the fire in my life. Rekindle the joy in my life. Refill me with the Holy Ghost tonight. Lord, I open myself up to you. Fill my life. Fill my life. Fill my life. Fill my life. I want to repeat this prayer. Satan, turn them loose. Take your hands off of God's property. In the name of Jesus Christ. May every sick person be healed here tonight. May every devil be driven out. Satan, you can't hold them no longer. Take your hands off. Take your leave. Go back to hell where you came from. Enticing spirit, leave them now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father, you see our needs. We lift it to you, Father. Whether it be spiritual, financial, whatever the situation is. You're the God that knows all the impossibilities by man. But there's nothing impossible with you. I make my claim tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now I'm asking you to step into the vision that you heard this morning and last night. I want you to just raise your hand before God and say, God, I claim it right now. 
I claim my children. I claim my healing. I claim deliverance. Hallelujah. I claim it. I claim it. I claim it. Satan, you underestimated the power of a service like this. You underestimated it. Hallelujah. 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 Won't you just say it now with me? I'll never be the same. the same angel the Lord is here was on the stage when Mariah got healed he's here right now we went to the room and Aaron Oglesby was called to preach and became aware in that room and these were the words you'll never be the same You'll never be the same. And immediately after that, a vision came that my little baby, Isaac, would be born. God not only showed me that baby that would be born out of impossible signs, he even gave me his name, Isaac Jackson Breeden. You see, he's the God that holds it all in his hands. That's the God that's in this building now. And your impossibilities that you think are so impossible. He's got it in his hands right now. And that same God is on the inside of you, brother. That God. that said, let there be a son. And he believed his own word. And it came into existence. That God chose you to live in. So it don't matter how you feel. As a matter of fact, it don't even matter how you think. You just take God's word and believe God's word upon your promises right now. And you take God and his word. And all things are possible to them that believe. Brother Tim Pruitt has a need. It's a burning in his feet. Insatiable. Horrible to live with. But that angel of the Lord's here. 
What about your need right now? Say, well, Brother Ron, that's his DNA. God's greater than your DNA. You have a need, won't you just raise it before the Lord? you to quote this. I'll never be the same. Lord Jesus, you met us in Germany. Sister Karen, I did not know the situation, but you did. And you touched her body and she was never the same. Father, we have witnessed you raise the dead. We've witnessed you cause cripples to walk. We've witnessed you to cause the hearing to come open. We've witnessed you the blind eyes. We've witnessed you to cause drunks to become pillars in the church. Dope addicts to never have that addiction ever again. We've witnessed you to cause real men to become real daddies. Restoration of homes. We've witnessed you to transform young lives and make them pillars of this message. Now, Father, you're the God of gods and the Lord of lords. Brother Tim has hosted this meeting like Zacchaeus would host Jesus. Jesus wanted to come to his house. Now, Lord Jesus, Brother Tim has a need. It's a real need. Brother Tim's got a lot of sermons to preach. He has shook the kingdom of hell. Father, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus Christ to touch his feet and touch his body. I'm not afraid to speak it. I have no fear. I'm at a spot in my life. I don't have fear. I believe your word and I believe you asked us to speak. And we step into the vision. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done. And Joshua spoke for the sun to stand still. How much more for the bride of Jesus Christ in this day to stand under the authority of the word of God and stand there and believe for the promises. Lord, not only for Brother Tim, for all the needs in this building now. Hallelujah. 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 Won't you give him thanks now? Just give him thanks now. Thank him now. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your voice. Thank you for my healing, Father. 
thank you for a, a clear brain scope, a clear brain, a lung scope. Thank you ahead of time, Father, that I'm not going to have to take chemo. Thank you, God. Thank you that one day the doctors will say, no more chemo, Ron. I thank you ahead of time. I step into the vision. I walk out of the storm by faith. I take you at your word. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Hallelujah. I love you with all my heart. Hallelujah. 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 I humble myself 